0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Survival Show podcast, where it's our job to take you step-by-step through the mindset, skills, tactics, and gear you need to survive almost anything 2020 can throw at you. And it's our mission to increase your survival IQ so you're better prepared at the end of the show than you are right now at the beginning. So in today's episode, we're going to start a really important training series on the topics of personal safety, security, and self-defense. We're also going to take a look at 10 abnormal events that are happening right now that could dramatically affect your safety, security, and survival as we move back through the, I guess, the back part of this year, 2020. And and if we have time, we'll break down some key events that are happening around the world right now so you can navigate more effectively through them. So everybody, thanks for joining me. I'm David, the founder of Ultimate Survival Tips, And I'm here today with the author of many, many survival books. He's a man that wears many hats. He's my friend, and he's the director of Nature Reliance School, Craig Coddle. And I'm glad glad you're here. It's been a while. Again, we say that every time we're on together. It's been a while.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is good stuff. Yeah.
0: And I want to introduce to you guys... Somebody who was on our last podcast, but he is one of the newest additions to the Ultimate Survival Tips and Survival Show podcast team, the man who can pack tiny survival guides faster than anybody else in the world, the man I call The Professor, and you will soon learn why, Mr. Gabriel Petrovsky in the studio with me today. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing
2: good. And you can pack those guys. Well, you pack a few. They sell good, that's for sure. I think I did 1,800 last week and probably a lot more this week and next week and the week after.
0: The website and Amazon are keeping you busy, my friend. Job security, right? True story. Craig, what have you been up to?
1: Training, man. Lots and lots of training. It's that time of year where we get started. And we got, uh, We've got trainings... Every week, but until Christmas, so almost every weekend we've got somebody coming in or we're going somewhere. So we've been in the field quite a bit. Uh, finished a couple of big projects that we're been working on for quite some time. Um, been talking to a publisher out of London, England, to write another book. Look like that's going to happen. So yeah, we got all kinds of cool stuff going on. Good to hear the Tiny Survival guy's still rocking too. That's awesome. Still rocking, man.
0: It is not slowing yeah. down. I mean, crazy crazy days we live in i can almost plot I, I don't even have to watch the news anymore all i gotta do is check out what tiny survival guide sales are doing over at our website and over on amazon and i can tell if something happened in in the world and it's like every day man this is this is like the ultimate uh
1: reality tv show that we're living in and you want a funny you, know, you want a real funny story about yeah, what's been going on It's just okay, so I had a video that I did six or seven years ago. It's actually not so good of a video. Uh, it was before my wife was doing the videography, it was before she was doing the editing, she's really good at it. And I was by myself, set up a you know, a headshot, and then just did this video. It's it's really not that good. Anyway, so it's the only video that I've had that's went really, really viral successful, about a one and a half million views or something like that. And I had it up. My wife created a fantastic thumbnail for it that uh, creates a lot of attention. Then the then the NASCAR knot news happened. Bubba Wallace and his what he was saying happened at his garage for, in the NASCAR garage, want to have you. And Google picked up my knot video and put it on whatever Google puts it on. And I'm I think I'm around 3.5, 3.7 million views or something like that now picked up about 10 grand of money in about two weeks on that one video Whoa. so for me so is, that just, for, is Donald, that just
0: from ads that, that have been running on it i mean yes. i know how it works over there but it's just the five or ten cents when people you know watch the ad
1: yeah so greg you got a new truck <laughs> did you really <laughs> Yeah, man. I usually drive trucks that are about three or five thousand dollars total, you know. And right, I just, right, when yeah. one of them dies, I buy another one, and that's just the way I always do things. Well, Craig, you got a little bit more than a five thousand dollars truck this time. Nice, dude. <laughs> yeah, pretty pleased.
0: In fact, you let me borrow your last truck, I think.
1: So did I for what? When I was oh, there. when you broke down here? Yeah, we broke down there. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, true story. I broke down in Craig's hometown <laughs> when I was. What when... a place
1: to break down! You know it.
0: I know, I know. Right across the street from the Hampton. So you came and yeah. saved us. We went over to the Hampton, we checked in, and we hung out for the next day. That was pretty cool.
1: Went to the Red that right? Yeah, that's good stuff.
0: All right, Craig, we've got a lot of important stuff to share with folks today. Anything else before we get into this?
1: I think we need to take care of our sponsors, don't we? Yeah, we do. We've already, right. we've already chatted about the Tiny Survival Guide, which is always fantastic for what it is that we're doing here at the Survival Show podcast, msk1 knife what's the latest on the msk1 man msk1 knife Uh, yeah
0: yeah we're gonna be shipping the primitives in a little bit less than a month and then we're gonna start shipping the msk1 elite and elite warriors i i believe uh september end of september so we're getting really really close orders are coming in and we're gonna we're gonna hit stride man right before christmas so pretty excited about that people are real happy
1: yeah, and I wanted to bring up Outdoor Core. Outdoor Core has oh, been yeah. really good to Nature Blind School and everything that I do. Uh, we, we've we got a new course up called Vital Survival, which is basically an amalgamation of everything that I do, really. Uh, what I noticed was that a lot of people read our books. A lot of people come to our classes. A lot of people listen to us on the podcast, obviously. And they wanted a summation of things, a quick and dirty version of it. So I put together a course I uh, actually wrote another book. I don't know if you call it a book or a booklet, but I wrote a, uh, another booklet for the vital survival course, which is top 10 list for the things that I see as being vital to survival. Uh, basically what I wanted to do was answer two questions and I asked everybody these two questions. Can you respond positively to an accident or an emergency? And if you had to spend the night outside, can you do so and stay alive and do so comfortably? So those two questions I wanted to help people answer positively, and I built a course. I've got 10 lessons on everything ranging from communication skills, uh, self-defense skills, security, which we're going to be talking a whole lot about today, uh, and all the basics of shelter water food, uh, critical decision-making, and all the things that go along with it. Courses, videos, booklets to download, all kinds of cool stuff, and that's on Outdoor nice. Core. I think we're we going to put a uh, link length- for that down below, hopefully, yeah,
0: we'll put a we'll put a link in the description for the video and for the podcast, so people can click, get right over there, and that's at outdoorcore.com. And can you tell people maybe a little bit, you know, why they should care about Outdoor Core and actually, what yeah, it
1: is? Outdoor Core was put together by our good friend Creek Stewart. Creek Stewart wanted to start gathering people that teach outdoor type coursework, and in a, in a range of different things, uh, those that are really good in their fields. So there's all sorts of primitive skills and crafts and survival and uh, disaster readiness. Anything that you can imagine that you might do outdoors, there are instructors there teaching wild game, cooking, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, So I'm not the instructor there. I am one of several really good instructors there that have put together a lot of fantastic courses. We have courses on foraging, how to use trees for bushcraft, eating trees and stuff of that nature, typical NRS stuff. And then all these other fantastic instructors that are there. I'm really, really honored to be there, actually. It's a good place. Good place to be.
0: That's great. And that's over at OutdoorCore.com. Craig, Gabe. Yeah. You all ready to get into this topic today? These these important, vital things we're going to share with folks? I'm ready if you're ready. All right, everybody, so to get us started and set the stage for why we all need to have a safety, security, and self-defense mindset and plan, let's talk about some of the—we sort of kind of got into this in our last podcast with, with Bob, Gabe, and I, I think we really need to revisit some of these current events and these anomalies or abnormalities of 2020 that have really disrupted all of our lives in one way or another— and how they could affect our survival if we're not ready to provide for our own safety and security. Does that sound good to you guys? Let's do it. Sign me up. Okay, so I put together kind of an outline list of of some of the many things, and I think there may actually be more than 10 anomalies or 10 abnormalities to our, our daily lives that have happened in phew, man since March. Here. I'm just gonna let you guys maybe pick through a couple of these. We can discuss them uh anybody can start, and then uh we can kind of frame them maybe in the context also of what might go wrong with these sorts of things, and uh why safety and security for them would be an important thing to discuss
2: man' Well, if you're talking about twenty twenty uh what a part of it is' an anomaly this is like the anomaly year. So if you're looking for anomalies, just write 2020 across your door and basically you've got it. It's been crazy. Start, to f- Well, it's not finished yet, unfortunately. <laughs> it's just been terrible. But, you know, there's a few really important highlights. Like, for instance, the fact that the United States is finally doing something about China. So they're stepping up. Uh, against the security threat of China, that's a huge anomaly because for 40 years we've been letting that slide. So that's a huge uh, geopolitical situation right now. The fact that we were willing to close down the uh, Houston uh, consulate, that was super. But it also has, you know, huge implications on national security as far as uh, standing up to China. You know, now we're going to deal with all of their uh, extra anger, which is in a way nothing new. They've been at war with us for 70 years and we just never realized it till now, I guess. Anyway, um, we've got ships patrolling between Taiwan just yesterday, between Taiwan and the mainland of China. And I I think that's awesome, but it's also adding to the anomalies of the year. So I'd say that's a big one, is our uh, tension with China. That's a huge anomaly for this year.
0: And that's really something that not that many people were focused on because it doesn't feel like it's here right now. I guess the one thing I'm looking at the uh, Epoch Times here and uh, just on the the cover, it says TikTok is spyware for Chinese regime. And then I, I've seen that Microsoft popular Chinese video app has until September 15th to reach a deal with Microsoft or be banned from the U.S. I know that seems to be like the big headline as far as what's going on in China, at least in the U S right now, or at least some people, some people in, in some places are talking about, about that, but Microsoft, I've also heard some folks say that Microsoft has some ties to China too.
2: Yeah. Well, there's a lot of big companies that have ties with China. They feel like they can make money off of 1.4 billion people and consequently, they're willing to set their morals aside. So Google's helping build firewalls for China that censor content, and uh, Microsoft, you know, to a certain extent, works with China and other major companies. And uh, it's make, you know, making terrible moral choices. Uh, these companies are making terrible moral choices. Uh, so the fact that the United States is willing to take on TikTok is really good and it's a good precedent that will make Google and Microsoft and these kind of companies say, you know, how much am I willing to compromise morals with China because the United States might shut down my business next. And that's really good. Uh, TikTok is getting way more information from people than they think they are. Uh, All of the major work that China has done to perfected surveillance on its own people it is uh, now doing in the united states heavily uh, and that's done through tiktok but it's also done through other apps as well and other other means as well you know china's just launching their new uh, beta gps replacement except that it's a spy network as well so that's collecting data from people all over the world so china's been very very busy on the espionage side and collecting data from us so i'm pretty proud of the administration for taking a hard line on it.
1: yeah the uh, right now some of these things that's been going on with China are becoming headline news which is good to make it more accessible to the general public because most of the general public are not tied into particularly federal law enforcement or military contacts and those that are um, have been recognizing the cyber attacks from the Chinese government for quite some time now. Uh, I think it's valuable. That the general populace of the United States is now becoming aware of it. And something like TikTok, I think, is a good opportunity for people that don't have those types of contacts to find out wow, China's really in our business right now. And they have been for quite some time. There was a podcast I did. It it
0: sorta kind of doesn't feel real until you realize that I had I had downloaded TikTok at at one particular point and I didn't just to check it out and I didn't see any value to it, so I deleted it. But it doesn't it doesn't feel real if we're just talking about a country that's you know the other side of the world and we've got ships over there and everything's gonna be sorta kinda okay and the Chinese people are are generally good. We're talking about the communist party that's got a that's that's got a, a long term view. of the world, but now the TikToks in the news, and there's so many uh, younger folks that use it. Yeah, I think that's that's just raised everybody's concerns about about it. So sorry for interrupting you, but I I'm glad that uh, the whole TikTok thing has kind of made the headlines at this particular. Point.
1: Yeah, I think it's worthwhile, particularly for our listeners here. If you want to go back, and I wish I could remember the number, but uh, I did a podcast I think back in January of this year on the bioeconomy of China and their influence in the government and our way of life here. Uh, it's worthwhile if you have not listened to that podcast, go back and listen to that. And I'll, I'll lay this out. This is before anything. Those was that, the
0: manly musings, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I think so. It was right after I got a briefing from the FBI for, for uh, I'm part of InfraGuard and I've talked about it several times here on the podcast, but but um, we we got a briefing from the FBI and the FBI laid out this this basically how, From their perspective, the Chinese government was going to use GPS technology and agribusiness here in this country as well as all over the world, actually, but heavily here. And also use DNA testing because they own most of the DNA testing companies in the world. And so they're using that to study viruses that they know can hurt the United States of America. Uh, this is all before COVID became a thing, you all. So uh, I would highly recommend everybody listening, go back and listen to that podcast because it's not, I mean, I share the information. It's not my information. It's from the FBI and it's open source. I've got links for it in the in the description of that podcast. But the point being is that China has been heavily involved in trying to take us down and they're going to do it uh, not quickly. They're going to do it over a 20 year period of time. And the federal government knows this. They've known this for decades now. Uh, They just didn't know that when they were going to start it. And it seems to be that they've started it. And if that's the case, then we're on a we're on a ticking clock right now. Uh, Trump was one of the few, not to get too political at all, but uh, President Trump was one of the few presidents to to host a bioeconomy summit in the White House. And so uh, w- there's good signs that he's actively wanting to do something about what's happening here. And so that's that's all good for all of us that something might happen with it.
0: So, Gabe, I know we've talked about this before in China, and I don't want to spend the whole podcast on China. But I think since we're on it, it's it's important to to bring some of these things to the forefront. Why now with China?
2: Why are we standing up to them now?
0: No, why why are they uh, seeming to be more, much more aggressive
2: It's driven by a few things. Uh, There's aggression that's surfacing now only because we're poking the beast. And it's, or I don't know, poking is probably the wrong word uh, because they've always been the beast. So I think poking is the wrong word. It's more like we're scratching the surface and seeing what's underneath. It's really ugly. That's more like what's happening. The Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, has some major uh, factions Within it, they're going undergoing serious um, local trauma. Uh, they have unbelievable floods right now; just devastation.
0: Floods are still going on.
2: They're going on worse than ever.
0: Really? Worse. I mean, than we've ever. we've been talking about this for almost months. Yeah, two months, months now.
2: Yeah. So the floods are still going on. Uh, they've had three typhoons hit in the last month. That's added extra rain. Um, they have, believe it or not, floods in one region and droughts in another region and uh, locusts in the third region. So their food crisis is getting very serious. Uh, for instance, they just rolled out new rules in China where is the one plate less rule, which means if you go to a restaurant with four people, you order three plates. So they are really trying to crack down on uh, food because they are under a serious um, strain, but their economy is also crumbling too. You know, they have been going backwards now while falsifying their numbers to the rest of the world. They have been going backwards as more and more factories have left. Just in the last couple of years, you know, hundreds of factories have left China, and the ones that remain can't afford to restructure their infrastructure into more high quality machines high tech machines so companies are going out of business in china so that puts an economic strain on china so there's all these problems happening within china from the crackdowns that they have been doing against their own people for 70 years you know millions of people who have died as a result of their uh, totalitarian regime then they've got the political pressure from the outside world and they've got the economic Pressure inside the country and then the droughts. And basically, China's trying to pick fights with anybody outside of China to get the people of China's focus off of the country and their problems and on the enemy, you know, the United States or what's going on in India or Taiwan, anywhere that they can say that's our common enemy and draw all the attention on them and off of the corruption of the CCP itself. And uh, it's not working real well, but it has been what they've been driving at for the last six months, especially since
0: uh, COVID hit. Craig, anything else to add there? You want to keep going on down this list?
1: Yeah, we can. Um, I think we've hit China pretty hard here, so that's pretty good coverage. (laughs) I think another big threat that we need to, I mean, you know, anybody that does anything in my line of work is always talking about what we refer to as 525 threats you know, the anything within that five yard radius of you at all times. And then that's the first thing you're always aware of. And then the 25 yard radius of you. And I think two things happening from China and then we'll move on. One five threat is the TikTok Cause you're carrying it around in your pocket. That's a threat to us. And then I think China as a, as an enemy across the world is, you know, way beyond that 25, but another one that's right on that 10 yard range is what's happening with the current police departments and this idea of defunding the police in these large cities, sometimes in these smaller cities, too. Uh, I think it's something that's worthy of addressing. If you guys want to throw your thoughts in there, I'll add to them.
2: It's crazy, for one. The idea of getting rid of your shield, your national shield, is unbelievable. I mean, all of the common people, I mean, we rely on the police way more than we know for daily safety and the idea of defunding them is unbelievable. It's just unthinkable.
1: Yeah, I would agree hundred percent, Gabe. I think it's one of these things that's happening. Um, from, from my perspective, I, uh, I've, in a little hometown of Kentucky, little small towns here in Kentucky, the thought of doing that is absurd. When you talk to people around here, I don't know if, what your all's experience is up there, but you know, we, we, I mean, it's kind of funny. Here, we talk let, a-
0: let me tell a- you what our towns do. You know where I live, yeah. Greg. Yeah. Similarly to, to, what you're talking about right pretty rural right. um you know kind of heartland kind of people here uh i'll tell you what what uh, our town's doing they're hiring more police officers yeah they just they put a big article out they're like hey we're hiring and uh fortunately for us there's a there's a state university close by that has a municipal police officer uh certification class 6 months so mm-hmm. i do think our town made get a couple new police officers, but who thinks this is a good idea? I mean, really, when you get outside the bubble of these large cities, who else thinks this is a good idea? I don't know of anybody.
1: Only people. There's two people that have problems with, with the police force right now. People that break the law and people that want to break the law.
2: (laughs) 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 True story. The thing is, it's really big, you know, like, you know, Minneapolis is trying to defund their police, but there's more to it than just defunding their police. If you remove the police, then something has to be brought in, the, you know, to fill that gap. Well, guess what Minneapolis has? It has a huge Muslim population, and the Muslim population is already talking about establishing a Sharia law police to fill that gap. You know, and guess who their local representative is? Ilian Omar, who, of course, wants Sharia police. And man, if these little white girls who are out in these protests, if they had any idea when they fight to defund the police, they have no idea what it's like to live under Sharia law as a young girl. They have no idea what that means. I mean, you want an oppressive police rule? Sharia law is it, man. So you defund the police and these little white girls who are out there with their picket signs, they will be in serious trouble if they get what they're asking for.
1: I think it goes back. We've talked about it a few times on this podcast. One of, one of the things we've talked about is, as far as our faith is concerned, is and I'm not speaking for you two. I'm just speaking for myself. Or at least my faith is that it requires us to be. Um, it requires us to be humble and not talk about not to boast. I guess is a good way of saying it. And police officers, most police officers. And most of your military personnel are some of the best examples of that in the real world in that they don't go around talking about this crap that they have to deal with every night and the things that they do to prevent crime that none of us, unless we're engaged with them on a regular basis, none of us have any idea what they're involved in. And so the idea of defunding the police, people think, well, they're not really doing anything when quite frankly, they're doing a whole lot. It's just, these people are not engaged with them. So they don't know what it is that are doing. And when they, when they defund the police, we're already seeing it. You know, these large cities are just completely being destroyed, burned down, painted upon garbage, piled up in piles. You know, these supposedly environmentally friendly folks are just dumping garbage by the, you know, truckloads in these cities. And it's, it's disgusting. And, and, they because because they they think the police have been the thing that have kept them from being able to be positive, uh, productive members of society. And quite frankly, it's their laziness that has kept them from being able to be productive members of society. And the police had nothing to do with it. And so uh, they they go at the police when really they're not. But, you know, it's their handlers more than anything. The handlers want the the police officers defunded. And, and, and I think that that is where we get into when I get in these discussions with my, with my liberal minded friends and cause I, I find myself right in the middle more often than anything, but, but as far as political things are concerned, because that's where everybody is, um, uh, my liberal minded friends can't separate black lives matter, for example, or. Um, ideology from the organization. And I think it's worthwhile to consider that there's two there's two things happening there. There's obviously something like Black Lives Matter. Yes, Black Lives Matter. That's, that's obvious. Black lives do matter. But the organization itself that are the handlers for some of these organizations that are destroying these cities are the problem. Is that is that jive with you all? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that totally yeah, makes sense. So it's just like back the blue, uh, all lives matter. All of that, in my mind, is it's synonymous. Of course, black lives matter. Of course, all lives matter. We're all created in the image and likeness of God. Uh, blue lives matter. I, and But that's, that's not what a lot of these folks I'm learning are thinking. They're thinking that you're saying that black lives don't matter. And meanwhile, we've got this organization that, Bears that name that is uh, gathering all sorts of money uh, is being thrown at them from corporations and people on social media and, and stars to, f- you know, fund this mu- movement. And, and Craig, you know a bit more about Black Lives Matter, don't you? The organization. Now we're talking about the organization, right?
1: I do. Um, some, I mean, and, and I'll leave with what I've said up there. Um, I don't know how much I, else I can say. I'll leave it at that, but I, w- I would like to create a, a, a visual for everybody on this. And, and this is where I think we all need to understand is, and you guys, if you disagree with me, please just disagree with me and tell me most people look at, let's say politics, let's use politics. And we've got a straight line there. And on the left side of that straight line over here, far to the left are the far left and over to the far right, we have the far right. And then we have the rest of us somewhere in the middle. I don't see it that way. Here's how I see it. It's a circle, you all. And let's imagine it's a circle like a clock. And up at 12 o'clock, just left of 12 o'clock are all the left. And just right of 12 o'clock are the right. They're all bunched up there together, causing problems for everybody else on that circle. It's not that we have to go either way. We're already in the middle. We all, I mean, black lives matter, white lives matter brown lives matter police important police are important um, police brutality is a problem we all agree with these things that's us that are on just on the outer portions of the right of the clock face and on the outer portions of the left we're all there together and we're allowing these people that are basically bunched up there causing discord and division to fuel our national discussion and that's I'm sick of it I'll be frank with you I'm sick of of anybody on either side of that causing problems for us.
0: I agree. So Craig, I want to just, I, w- I just want to key in on what you said a little bit earlier. There are two groups of people that think that defunding the police is a good idea. And those are criminals <laughs> and those that want to be criminals. I- I've got to ask you, I-, I-, I need to hear what you have to say. What about the media? And it's a broad term, but what about those uh, that, are in the media that seem to be uh, favoring these riots or protests or
1: you want that Craig Cottle moment of the podcast, don't you? I do. They're idiots. They're absolute, total blooming idiots. And I'm sick of them too. And it's not any particular generational thing. There's always been people in different generations that have, have tried to slide in and not have to work like everybody else you know, the greatest generation, perhaps not. everybody had to work back then to a degree, but now it seems kosher. It seems uh, cool to be able to get by and not have to do anything and live off the government and everything's free and socialism's fantastic. And all these utopian ideas that are not ideas that we know from history have ever worked anywhere. And one of the things that, seems to be happening. I'm not talking about my again my liberal friends. I have liberal friends that write me almost every day and try to convince me of something and sometimes they actually do because they've got really well positioned thoughts on some of the things that they have to talk about and I love them for it. But we're not talking about those people. We're not talking about people that have reasoned discussion. We're talking about people that want to get something for free and don't have to work for it. And so one way to do that is to defund the police and in the midst of a, a socialist, what what could be a possible, let's say that it could happen, utopia, right? And these people are not going to get what they want. It never works out that way. And we're seeing that already. I mean, we're seeing the violence that's happening in these cities. Um, there's a lot more that's going on that never makes it to the headlines of the media. And why the media does not want to show that other than it sells commercials, You know, I've said it about survival TV for years now, too. You know, these guys that do stupid stuff on survival TV, like going around, running around the show without any shoes on. And I and I'm a big uh, I respect Cody Lundin for what he's capable of doing. But that's 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 uh, water cooler banter right there. They do stuff like that on TV. So people talk about it and they'll sell commercials. That's what the media is doing. They're just trying to keep keep viable and make money. I mean, it, it is. It's about money. Keeping the reality show of 2020 going. It is, man. It's just, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't suit us as a country. United we stand divided. We fall. And if we do not get our heads out of our butts, we are going to fall. We are so close to falling. We've been like this for too long now. And if we don't do something about it, then there's not going to be a United States of America. It's going to be the divided States of America. And there's some people that are quiet and humble that that are just sitting on the sidelines right now, being quiet, that when they wake up, when it's time for them to wake up and take charge, those that are trying to destroy this country are not going to like it. I mean what I'm saying is that it seems like there's some entities within our within our country right now that are hell bent on taking us down and destroying us, maybe even starting a whatever, a a political war, or a race war or whatever you want to call it. And there's just a sleeping giant there that when it gets woke up, It's going to put its foot down. And when it puts its foot down, things are going to stop and it's going to mean death and destruction for a lot of people. And nobody, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that to happen. Um, So we've got to do what we can to not feed into this frenzy. And David's talked about it and you've talked about it many times, David, sometimes just turn the TV off. Golly, quit scrolling through Facebook. Just get off of it and uh, make your own decisions. And talk to your friends. I mean, I use Facebook to talk to friends and hear what other people. And now that's why I was asking you all about Pennsylvania. You know, we had a guy in class. We do Zoom classes every week now for Nature Reliance School. We had a guy from Paris, France that was in class last night. And he was asking about us and what was going on here. And we were talking to him about COVID there. And it was just an interesting conversation. It's our country is falling apart and not other countries are falling apart due to what's going on. It's interesting
0: so we have we have just bunched together public safety threats, which would be the defunding the police. Uh, yeah, anybody that thought that was a good idea I think uh, I think Chaz or chop is is a good example. I think these continuing riots that are going on just just at the threat of defunding the police. What our police need is our support especially those that are are not state troopers, that that are not federal agents. Our municipal, our local police, they need our support. They desire to build relationship at large with them. They want to serve our communities. They would love to have the funding for more training and more resources, not less. They want to do a good job. And Craig, I know you're really connected with, uh, with law enforcement. Anything else that you have on that one?
1: no, I would just back up what you said, um, wherever you're located, if you're listening, then do what you can to support the police. Uh, they got a terrible job right now. And I know in the survival community, I know there's some other uh, entities out there that just think that police are, uh, a tool for government overreach. And without a doubt, there is some government overreach. There's no doubt about that, but your typical police officer is not the typical police officer is not that guy typical police officers uh, is a constitution loving member of our society there's bad apples everywhere and so do what you can to to support those guys and gals
2: yeah well i think it's self evident that there are good and bad people in every single field but usually those who aren't doing a good job in the medical field are usually smaller than those you know who are doing a good job and have good motives for what they're doing it's the same with the police most of them have a great moral guideline and they know what they want to do and there's a couple of people in there who are a mess, but it's a pretty small group of people to decide to d- defund the whole unit. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yep, we're a messy people. We've also covered, we've gone through a lot. Anybody have anything else to say about the cultural war? And uh, I just have a note here that it's largely seems, again, it's that it's that reality show of 2020 media politically fueled d- divisiveness.
1: Hey, what's 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 it like up there with the wearing of mask? Tell, tell me what your experience is up in Pennsylvania. Spartan
0: Who's going to do it? I'm going to let Gabe start addressing this because uh, for you guys that don't know, uh, Gabe, uh, are you a dual citizen?
2: Yeah, I'm dual citizen.
0: Yeah, so Gabe has, uh, he actually largely grew up on Prince Edward Island in Canada. And he recently, uh, he and his, his wife, who happens to be my daughter, they moved to Pennsylvania. And uh, so he would have an interesting perspective on this. I think,
2: I think that we don't need to wear masks, but that's not the Pennsylvania case
0: on interesting news. I was having
2: coffee with a friend of mine and uh, someone came in without their mask on and they got thrown out of the business. I feel like that's extreme. (laughs) Oh,
0: right. Right. Last week. Yeah. yeah. So, Mm
2: -hmm. uh, you know, there's definitely this crazy reaction to people who aren't wearing masks that I don't feel like
0: should be the case. Uh,
2: so is that not-
1: happening on the street too, Gabe, or is that just different businesses?
0: Let me just preface that as one of the two businesses in, uh, in my hometown here that again, it's small town USA, just think, uh, Middlebury, Middlebury RFD and, and, uh, you know, Sheriff Taylor, but, uh, it's one of two businesses in town that was that had a Black Lives Matter sign right in the window, uh, right next to it. Uh, there's a Back to the Blue sign in the next business, so it, it was just one of those. It it, it happened to be. Uh, I, I was actually there. Gabe and I were there having coffee, and uh, it, it just seemed like it it escalated against this particular person. Maybe you know it's complicated. It's very complicated, right? But in in general give you an example. My friend who happens to be the best plumber in the world, uh, we had a little problem with our toilet yesterday and he happened to be in town. <clears throat> My wife called him, he stopped by and uh, he came up, he pulled up in his truck with a mask on. And I, I said, hey dude, fist bumped him, bro hugged and said, you don't need to wear a mask. So uh, that that's generally, I think generally here, people want to be respectful. But as soon as, uh, as soon as you say, hey, would you like me to put my mask on or or whatever? People are wanting to respect those around them. I would say that that's probably a good indicator
1: for Hmm. for our area. Okay.
0: How about you, Craig? How about where you're at?
1: So there. Well, I I got another question for you all. So there's no state mandates coming out of state government saying that you all have to wear your mask in public or anything like that? Here's
0: here's what I'm going to say. It's been a moving target, and probably about four weeks ago we took Tuned out because it just it just kept moving. Um, I see. We we are I think here's here's what I'm seeing. because of lawyers because of social pressure every organization has to have a stated policy. I'm on the board of a local Christian organization. We have stated policies that are in line with common sense and what has the, the certain kind of things that the governor's been been proposing and his team. However there and I think most businesses don't see themselves as a policing unit. And so while they're requesting or even sometimes saying requiring, they're not passionate enough to actually enforce because it has it has been inconsistent and it has it has been a moving target. Here's what I will tell you, Craig. I wasn't really following this except that, you know, schools I think school just started here. And so the governor is requiring every school student to wear a mask. Kids can go back into the classroom, but every school student, regardless of age, has to wear a mask for the for the entire day of
1: school. And that's that's as of uh, a day or two ago. I see. Very similar to here. I don't know exactly what the public schools are doing here. We haven't been connected with it for so long. I don't know exactly what they're doing. I know they they were given a choice. At first, whether they wanted to do in-school or a blended learning between online and in-school or stay at home and do everything online. And then they remove that so all kids aren't going to school for the first nine weeks here. They're still doing it online, which right when it gets to cold season again, they'll probably do it again. I, I know somebody fairly significant in state government here that said he thought it would be like this for another year here in Kentucky, which ain't going to happen. Cause it's, it's the same thing here, man. It's a, I like how you said that that's a moving target. It's uh for me, from a statistical standpoint, because I'm a statistical nerd and I talk about that all the time here, it just doesn't make any sense. Some of the things they're asking us to do.
0: Yes. Statistics. And, and, you know, I think it's, I think we're all pretty aware of the statistical data at this point, so it's it's pretty hard to go counter that uh, with with the mandates and and uh, requirements and requests. All right, let's take a look down through the rest of this list. I think we've we've broadly covered some of these, but I'm gonna I'm gonna mention each one of these and pause. And if you guys have anything else to say about them, as far as these ten or eleven or twelve anomalies on the list, public safety threats. I think we've covered that pretty good. The cultural war. Um, media, politically-fueled divisiveness, threats of anarchy, riots, protests, uh, constitutional threats, Marxism, socialism, communism.
2: Can I just hit something there on the uh, communism and socialism? Uh, And I don't want to get political because I don't want to, but I feel like it's worth just sharing for everybody who's listening because it's, it's interesting and it should guide your conversations with people and your and your discussions with people uh you know the black lives matter movement is huge and the leaders of the blm and i'm not talking about the crowd on the street i'm talking about the leaders you know they are marxists and they are in that camp of communists and that kind of uh radical uh socialists and it's it's worth knowing, and I don't want to just say, I don't I don't want to get too political, but it's worth knowing if you go to the Black Lives Matter home website and you click donate on it, every donation goes straight to Act Blue. And if you don't know what that means, that means that every bit of money that's going to them is going to the DNC. And... I think if you have political leadings toward the Democratic Party, I think you should know that the Democrats have not been calling out the BLM and they've not been trying to stop the riots. And all the money that goes to the BLM goes back to the DNC. So I don't want to just say all Democrats are guilty of this because they aren't. But the leaders... Who aren't calling out the BLM know that as long as the BLM stays in the news, they're making money and they're making a lot of it. So it's really important to know that these kind of communist and socialistic goals are making the Democrats a lot of money and AOC, you know, vocally is communist and socialist and has leanings in that direction. So I just want to say it because it's a major it has major political consequences and I feel like people should be informed. I'm not saying that all Democrats are the enemy. I don't think that's true, but I feel like people should have a awareness of where the money that goes to the BLM is going.
3: This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and
0: Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13.
3: Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free.
1: I told a friend yesterday if Alexandria Ocasio Cortez was a white man, that white man would not be able to win political office for his eighth grade student council. Cause she's, I think that's fair. She's not bright. She's not bright at all. And how she got into the positions she did is just mind numbing to me. And, um, I think it's worthwhile to, to note that she wants to, I mean, perfect example. She's all about the green new deal. And now her answer for funding the U S post postal services is, to create millions of pen pals that will tear down, cut down millions of trees to, to become pen pals. So that's just, man, I don't get it. I don't get it. We're getting too far into the political thing, David. We probably need to back <laughs> out. of here.
2: Yeah, we can back out. I just wanted to say, thanks it.
1: Gabe. <laughs> you just Sorry. had to bring her up. Good gravy, man. <laughs>
0: And I think it is really helpful and and we need to be aware of it. Craig, didn't you do a couple of Manly Musings on Marxism?
1: I did. Yeah, and they're recent too. Probably Pretty yeah, 2 time. weeks ago, 2 weeks ago, okay. whenever you're reading or whenever you're oh, listening to right this,
0: yep. Yeah. Um so that's uh Manly Musings uh 57A and 57B. Yeah, they're just a couple down on the uh Apple podcast list, so like 3, 3 or 4 down from where we're at right now. And those are really good. So everybody needs to listen to those.
1: Hey, I'm sorry. We said we weren't going to get political. In it. There goes Gabe bringing up AOC. <laughs> 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 oh man. Oh, well, sorry. Let's get back to the list, Dave.
0: I'm just letting you guys go because you know, this is, this is why people paid the admission to uh, tune in today. <laughs> right. So uh continuity of government threats. This is, this is something we have not talked about, and I think we really need to. Okay, so there's this big debate. I'm looking at the uh, Epoch Times. They should be a sponsor, Craig, <laughs> if, you're, if you're not familiar with them. They seem to be hitting on news that a, a lot of uh, news outlets, even some of the popular conservative outlets, aren't even – they seem to be a little bit ahead of the curve
3: on yeah, what they're reporting.
0: Uh, they're not into just like what's the headlines everywhere today they're all about you know uncovering some things that maybe we're not as familiar with so uh, i i'm looking at it and they're talking about these mail-in ballots uh all this division uh contested elections i mean is that going to happen are we
1: going to contest
0: this election no matter how it falls
1: yeah yeah it's going to happen Nobody, nobody that wins, nobody that loses in this next election is going to be okay with it. I don't know how all that works. Um, I'm not, I don't, I actually don't cover or follow that closely enough, but I don't see anybody being happy. Other than I still to this day, don't think Trump wanted to be president and he got surprised that he became president. Uh, So he might want to get out of there. I don't really know, but uh, it's obvious with all the methods that are being taken up right now to try to beat president Trump out of office, that that side of things is not going to be happy. And I can't imagine, well, I mean, I can't imagine the other side being happy with, with uh, Mr. Biden. I don't think he's a qualified candidate. I don't actually, I don't think either one of them are the best of people to be our president, but, but uh, I don't think, I don't think either side's going to be happy. So I can see them contesting it. Yeah,
0: and I think I I have a little bit more to say. But as we go down through this list, Gabe, you got anything on that continuity of, of government? I mean, up until this point, even though we've had divisive times, I mean, we we made it through a civil war. We still we still got back to a continuity of government. You're you're the professor. You're the historian. <laughs> <laughs> Impress us with your wisdom and the depths of your knowledge of history. Oh man.
2: <laughs> Nothing like a build-up just to let you fall. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that the idea of doing mail-in ballots is risky. I think it's complicated to consider the idea of adding 340 million pieces of mail into our system in one month and to try to expect that to be efficient. That's if there was no corruption. And we know that there has been uh, tampering with ballots, including people getting arrested recently. So. You know that that tampering can more easily happen doesn't mean it can only happen with mail-in ballots, but more easily happens with mail-in ballots. So that adds a uh, adds a sense of insecurity. I think that if you're going to be a voting government, then people need to feel like their votes are secure. And I don't feel secure about mail-in ballots on the 340 million scale. I just I don't trust that. I think that a limited number of ballots can be taken care of and handled.
0: And that would be, I mean, traditionally we have absentee ballots. Right. And uh, we actually have that in the state of Pennsylvania. And it's it's quite a verified process, actually. I um, mean, Craig, back to statistical data, we do have some statistical uh, reference points too. I'm not sure that you can speak to this or, or even I can speak to this directly. But there is there are some instances where uh, masses of mail-in ballots have been found or or discarded or changed in the past.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I really don't follow the statistics closely enough to be able to speak to that. It's just, it, it's fairly obvious that these things are happening. I mean, it, it, the, the question, it goes back to what we said earlier, though, and that is this idea of the media, and I, we just don't get good information, you all. I mean, I just don't, I just don't think the typical media production that's out there is giving us legit info. So who do you listen to? Mm -hmm. I mean, I saw a thing on. Who do you listen
0: to, Craig? There we go. Who do who do you listen to?
1: I talk to people. I mean, I and don't get me wrong, I I'm fortunate enough to be in a circle of people that you know. I have friends that work directly for the governor, if that makes sense. So I mean, I have those kind of friends I can call here in the state of Kentucky and go tell me what's going on. I don't understand what's actually happening and they can inform me. And then I can try to inform those that are in my circle of people. And, you know, InfraGuard does that too on a federal level. I mean, InfraGuard for the FBI offers down intelligence that is not, it's actually open source information, but it's just not put in such a way that it's so easy to find. You've got to really dig for it, but the FBI puts out briefings to us that are part of that, that are, that are, uh, just mind numbing. Uh, I mean, that's, it's just mind numbing how many threats there are in this country right now. So that's where I, I, I just, I don't get my news from the news. I just don't anymore. I, I talk to people. I talk to my contacts. I, I do digs for Intel and, uh, you know, that's, that's where I get mine to answer your if, question.
2: If I could ask if you were someone like me who want to dig out the InfraGard, uh, briefings. Where would I start hunting for that?
1: Well, you have to be a member of InfraGuard to get them. And that's part of the issue. You have to go through a background check and that background check is really extensive. And so it's one of those things that if you have, you have to have a reason to be on there too. That's one of the reasons I guess I'm here for Survivorship (laughs) Podcast because I get all that information. It's not available to everybody. Not that it can't be, but you can look up infra guard. I'm saying that purposely, I-N-F-R-A-G-A-R-D, InfraGuard. Businesses and entities that want to go through the background check can do that, and then you have it just like I do. Anybody can. So uh, it's one of those things that I think it's invaluable to be able to find that type of intelligence and and know what it's like and know what kind of information is out there because the media is just, it's just slanted on both sides, and it's just... Again, mind numbing.
2: Yeah. What about the open source stuff? Where would we hunt for the open source?
1: Just pick a topic and start digging. I mean, there's some, you know, most of, you know, intelligence operatives, whether they're uh, law enforcement, military, or just purely governmental, uh, like CIA or something, a lot of information is, is right there on, um, right there on social media. I mean, I'll I'll give you an example talking about the riots. Okay. Let's talk about the riots and the protests, because a lot of my more liberal minded friends were writing me saying that they're just protesting, that they're not actually rioting. Well, I use Snapchat to prove them wrong. And here's how I use Snapchat. This is open source Intel right here. You know, when, because everybody films everything, and throws it up on Snapchat because they're, they're stupid. (laughs) And so If you know that, like, for example, we were having all these issues here in Louisville, Kentucky, you can get on Snapchat, look at the menu and you'll see where, you know, clusters of people are putting up video and you can go and watch their videos, whether you know them or not. You can just click on those videos and watch them and you can see what's happening there. And so people that want to tell me, well, they were just protesting, they weren't rioting because the news media were covering the protesters and they weren't covering the writers, just get on Snapchat and look for yourself. It don't take, but about half a second to realize they were burning that city to the ground down there. Yeah. And the news media just wasn't covering it. They were destroying it. And you can watch video after video after video of these people doing this. And it's, it's just unconscionable that, you know, that, that it's there. I mean, that's a real simple thing. You know, but it's, it's Intel.
0: It it is really interesting too, Craig, because what I hear you saying is these riots are, they are organized and they're not spontaneous in a lot of cases.
1: No, no, they're not. Now, again, let's go back to what we said earlier, because I want to be clear. There's a lot of people that protest because it's a constitutional right and they're doing it and they go to the, what they consider the protest because they want to exercise their constitutional right. I love it. I love Liberty. I love that we set our country up to do that. However, you can, you can figure out real quick, like by watching these videos, how organized they are. If you, if you have an eye for situational awareness, you can actually watch the instigators When they go into the crowd and start these things up, I mean, you can watch it happen. There's a crowd and all of a sudden something changes with the crowd. You watch enough videos, you'll see, oh, when that person walked in and he's wearing this, everybody did this. And you start to see these statistical patterns. And, you know, I'm not saying it's fun to sit and watch a bunch of idiots try to burn down a city. But from somebody from my perspective who's all about situational awareness and trying to teach people uh self-defense and stuff of that nature and be left a bang aware of what's happening before it happens, it you know, people pay me to be able to tell them what kind of things are happening. So watching that sort of thing is something that I do and you can see, okay, this this happens and then everybody goes crazy. And it's not hard to figure out. Gotcha. All right. We are
0: this is typical, Craig. This is typical. I'm gonna run down through a couple of these that we haven't touched on, and uh then I got a, one more question for the both of you and then we'll head on out of here and we'll get back to uh we'll get back to this this whole safety security thing in the next podcast with this as a background. How's that sound? that sounds good okay, so we've got fiscal irresponsibility threats, and you know we're Spending so much in our country right now. I was looking at the national debt clock. I'm not going to get into this too much. And I've also been watching Silver and Gold. It's very, very interesting. And I I think Gabe and I have already been working on a, a podcast that we're going to talk about money bartering, all those sorts of things, so people can be prepared for that. We've got, we did talk about a little bit about geopolitical threats. We've got some significant government corruption that's coming out in the news through some ongoing investigations. That's that's an interesting reveal. Uh, potential food shortages, Craig. I don't know. I don't. This is closer to you, but uh, and this was this was a- after our podcast with Bob Gaskin, where we talked about potential worldwide food shortages. But then on uh, I think it was August 10th, just not too long ago. That over 10 million acres of corn and soybean were affected by wind and tornadoes out in the Midwest.
1: Yeah. I have a good friend that lives there. He actually posted in our Facebook group, uh, the nature line school Facebook group about, we've been talking about it all week. Um, he lives right in the middle of it and they literally had no time before this popped up. And then they're like, I mean, he seriously, he, I mean, he wrote me first and he's like, Craig, this is when I, I really I just grabbed my go bag and we, and we ducked and we didn't know when we got done, we were going to have a house or not. It was just, it's, it's one of the things that we, that we talk about. I mean, he literally lived right in the middle of basically cornfields that got mashed. He sent me a, cause there's a, I talk about shine when I teach man tracking and stuff. And he's been in that class before. And he sent me a satellite imagery of basically where he lives. And you can see all this corn laying down. Uh, just a swath of it across the whole state, really, and it's it's just an indicator of you know some environmental effect on the what happened that you can see from space. <laughs> so I mean that's telling, you know, that's very telling.
0: And that's that was
1: the last point that
0: I had here was environmental surprises, volcanoes, solar flares, weather-related disasters that just happened that we have we have no grid or very limited grid on the predictability of those sorts of things. And then we haven't even really gotten into much except for TikTok on cyber and grid security, uh, internal and extra, ter- you know, external terrorism, which we have touched on a little bit. And if that wasn't enough, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Isn't it? Isn't this crazy? It's like, it, it's kind of like all we need is that, for the zombies to come out of the sewers or to see an alien aircraft over Los Angeles. Right. Or, 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 okay. I'm going to try and say this and not be political or right after the inauguration, Joe Biden or his cabinet invokes the 25th amendment. And uh, imagine that like, I don't think any of this is out of the realm of possibility This is the reality TV show of of 2020 that we live into, but it's real, dudes. And it's, you you can't make this stuff up. You just, you can't make this stuff up. And uh, 25th Amendment, uh, this is section one, I believe. In case of the removal, in case of the removal of the president from office or his death or resignation, the vice president shall become president, you all, just. Keep that in mind. So, like, man, any so one if you or like, two of these. Uh,
1: yeah, go if, ahead. If you like, uh, where where did Miss Harris come from? San Francisco originally? Is that where she got her start in politics, I think? Yes, sir. So if you like that place, then welcome to the United States, right? I mean, because mm-hmm. that's what she worked for there. Um, and, again, we're getting into politics again. I'm going to back off. I'll leave it at that.
0: I, I think it's important. I think, Craig, there's a difference between between all of this and when there's actual real factual data that we can look at and you can look at her record
1: and and make your own decisions and you can look at. um, Is there any if we're going to dig into it, though, is there any doubt that Biden is not (laughs) going to make it through if he wins? He's not going to make it four years. He's just not Uh, his mental conditioning. And and here's where this is where I'm a little bit different than everybody that I've seen is that I actually feel really bad for the gentleman, Mr. Biden. I do too. He's he's actually having some considerable uh, mental issues, and I'm not saying he's mentally ill. I'm not saying that at all. He's just, he's older, gentleman. We all get old. He's no different than the rest of us. Uh, We're going to get old. We're going to have mental degradation. It's obvious that he's in the midst of that right now. I don't personally think that that should allow him to be fit for this particular particular political office and so we've talked about these things every election we always do i mean we talked about it when mccain was possibly going to get elected and and uh forgive me i'm just going to say it sarah palin's an idiot she should never have been vice president either but uh and i my family personally knew her the these kind of things that are picked up because of politics which is what's happened here have very serious repercussions for our country and so Biden being in the position that he is with mental degradation, I think his choice of of uh, vice president, particularly when he's looking at six, five, six different candidates and all of them are black females, you know, that's just that's racist to begin with. And I'm not a fan of racism. And evidently that party is. I'm just not a fan of that. So um, I, I've got serious issues with with that particular party right now obviously i thought i actually was i didn't
0: do enough research to figure out what the answer would be but let's just say that joe Biden, biden's elected the day after the election results are final you know president trump concedes i don't know can he step out of office or does he actually have to make it to the inauguration i don't know the answer to that do you
2: i think you'd be too proud to give up his office before he got to enjoy it a little bit <laughs> so I think he would hang on to it for a little bit. I don't think anybody wishes dementia on anybody. Like I don't. So I don't know why he's being pushed by the party to do this. Like he's just, he's not doing well.
1: No. And I feel bad for him and his family that they've, that, that politics have put him in the position to do that. But with that said, I mean, I heard a commentator the other day a more conservative commentator saying that it'll be easier for, you know, it'd be easier for a dead horse to win than Trump because Trump's already created so many enemies. People in the middle have, it's just like the cops people in the middle have see one thing that Trump's done out of a thousand have problems with it. Well, they won't vote for him. And, and so Biden is a better choice for those people in the middle. And it's just unfortunate. It's, you know, it's again, it's just unfortunate. We got, we've got who we've got to choose from. We we have a fantastic country, and we've got some incredibly intelligent, bright, ethical people. And it's it's sad that we have to have the choices that we have. So we've got
0: all these things going on, and man, it it, it just feels like we're sitting on a powder keg. And any one or two of these, we've seen even with COVID nineteen, how one thing spirals into the next, and there's supply shortages, and there's there's a panic driven disaster, and all that, Craig, that we've talked about you know, over the course of, of the last couple of months. And, you know, it really, if, if the fuse is lit, man, we could be like back to 1857 Mad Max style. I, I don't want to leave, we, we got to wrap this, right? Cause we're at an hour. I, I don't want to leave people hanging depressed. Uh, both you and Gabe are, are two of the most positive, uh, rational people that I know. I am curious, and then I'll I'll throw in my two cents after you you all are done. I am curious what you have to say to those those people that have lost their jobs, that have have been kicked, that are are not sure what what direction to go. They're they're concerned, they're fearful, and uh, what makes you all both get up in the morning and and move forward with with being a, a helpful, useful, productive person.
1: So. Uh, several different things from my perspective, David, it's a good question. Thanks for asking it. One, those that have faith and need to, to, um, use the foundation of their faith to make their decisions. Uh, those that are students of history should look at history and realize even with a terrible candidate and things that we don't like, we still live in one of the best times that you could have lived in history in the United States of America. Um, Realistically, I mean, think about this terrible disaster we've had where we all had to go home and stay at our homes and eat at the house. Are you kidding me? Come on. I mean, can you think about, you know, the times in history, world history and American history where people literally starving to death and people dying from diseases that they can't see the doctor and people are aggravated now because they have to do a zoom online with their doc and get their meds to sent to them that way. It's, it's incredibly still good here for us. So I think the perspective of that is important. And then let's say, for example, it gets a lot worse and there is a civil war or something. Well, there's just some things that we need to be comfortable with in the afterlife. And we need to be okay with some things that are worth dying for. And everybody needs to be uh, thinking about those things. Let's say it gets to that point. We need to think about our afterlife and how that works for us. And, and, um, get our affairs in order. I'll leave it at that. And then at the same time, I think we all need to, and I've been thinking about a manly musings on this subject. Where is the line drawn? Where is, where is the line where the sleeping lion awakes? And people need to, a lot of really high speed, really intelligent people that I surround myself with. We talk about this all the time. Now, where's the line? And I think everybody needs to be thinking about it because I think we're getting to that line where I'm not going to have I'm not going to have somebody come up and kick my neighbor in the head and knock him unconscious on the street. I'm not going to have me going through a street and have somebody pull my wife out by her hair and start to beat her to death. That ain't going to happen. And uh, I'm going to take control of that situation and I'm going to finish it with a lot of finality. A lot of finality to defend what I love and cherish. So people need to be thinking about these things. You know, i watched the news of this gentleman who just wrecked his car and they took him and his wife out and he got kicked in the head and almost killed and couldn't see his wife, didn't know what was happening to her. And people that were wearing security as if that means anything were detaining him. That that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen in Winchester, Kentucky. And ain't going to happen. Those people are going to get hurt bad. So I would like to do everything that we can to prevent all of that from happening. And the way we do that is we wake up every day. We look at the beautiful things that we have and the wonderful things that we have. And we look at our friends that think differently than we do. And that's why I've mentioned them several times. I've got a lot of friends that are hardcore conservatives that I just don't jive with. And I've got some really hardcore liberals that are friends that I don't jive with. And I do everything I I can to have conversations with them on a regular basis. So that we can all, you know, again, united we stand, divided we fall. Because we're we're close to falling, in my opinion. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Gabe, you're up.
2: <laughs> well, you hit on some things already that I think about for everybody who doesn't know me, which is virtually everyone. Anyway, uh, my life has been lived on the road for the last 14 years. Uh, I play music, and I've been on the road more than six months of the year. Uh, every year since 2009 and I've been touring less than that prior to that playing music and being on the road is not what people think it is. And there's a lot of really long days and a lot of very uncomfortable nights where you end up sleeping in places that are not that pleasant.
0: So, and a lot of lasagna. <laughs> that's the good part.
2: <laughs> anyway, I, I, I can't tell you how many nights, you know, I would lay down and I could be grousing and I could be upset and I could be discontent and I stop and I'm like, Lord, thank you that I am in a a dry room, a warm room, and I have a bed underneath me and it just changed my whole perspective. You know, there's so many people alive right now who are hunted. You know, there's guerrilla groups in the region that just storm into the town at any time and, you know, kill villagers or drag them away or whatever, you know, and just laying down safe. Man, it's something to be really thankful for. So that's a major perspective for me. Um, also, don't get caught up in fights on Facebook because half of the people that you would get into a fight with on Facebook is somebody you would, could have a pleasant conversation with in person so if you think about getting up in the morning and try to do something kind for somebody else you know that that's a major driving force for good you know because it's right to do the right thing always but let's say you're kind to your neighbor or let's say you're kind to 20 neighbors and now let's say things go down well guess who's with you Those 20 neighbors who you showed kindness to previously, you know, those people could be politically against you, but your kindness changes the reality around you. So wake up in the morning and think about being kind to everyone around you, not just those who are politically aligned with you. And then lastly, you know, I'm a Christian and. And God. It's fundamentally what gives me peace and he gives me my moral compass of being kind to everybody, regardless of their creed or their, their bias or whatever, you know, that moral compass is so important. And it's also for me, it's my bedrock of peace. And, uh, like Craig was talking, you know, afterlife, you know, it's, it's good to get that strained out, get that figured out. Don't let that be a question mark in your life because when you're under duress, that question mark is going to cause you a lot of trouble. So find that out now. That's my advice.
0: Of a verse from the good book, 1 Thessalonians 5:18, give thanks always for all things, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so I'm going to I'm going to answer my portion of this by playing something from somebody who I respect a lot, Jocko Willink, and uh, this is called
3: Good. one of my direct subordinates, one of my guys that worked for me. He would he would call me up or pull me aside with some major problem, some issue that was going on. And he'd say, boss, we got this and that and the other thing. And I'd look at him and I'd say, good. And finally one day he was telling me about some issue that he was having, some problem. And he said, I already know what you're gonna say. And I said, well, what am I gonna say? He said, you're gonna say good. He said, that's what you always say. When something is wrong and going bad, you always just look at me and say, good. And I said, well, yeah. When things are going bad, there's gonna be some good that's gonna come from it. Didn't get the new high-speed gear we wanted. Good. Didn't get promoted. Good. More time to get better. Oh, mission got canceled? Good, we can focus on another one. Didn't get funded. Didn't get the job you wanted. Got injured, sprained my ankle. Got tapped out, good. Got beat, good, learned. Unexpected problems, good. We have the opportunity to figure out a solution. That's it, when things are going bad, Don't get all bummed out. Don't get startled. Don't get frustrated. If you can say the word good, guess what? It means you're still alive. It means you're still breathing. And if you're still breathing, well, then hell, you still got some fight left in you. So get up, dust off reload, recalibrate, re-engage, and go out on the attack. Craig, any comments on that?
1: Oh, I'm a big fan of Jocko. That's good stuff. We tell our students in classes all the time, it's just a thing, because I do everything I can to to, uh, professionally stress them out at times for training. And my way of my way of handling that. Everybody has their own way and and we try to encourage people to come up with their own, but if they need some help, then one of the things that I help them with is to tell them it's just a thing and just set it aside. gives people the opportunity to just set it aside.
0: Well, Craig, we're going to cut it here. And next time, next time we are going to talk about understanding the criminal mindset We're going to talk about developing a self-defense mindset, and we're going to help people master the critical skills of situational awareness and threat assessment. What do you think? You want to take us out of here?
1: All right, guys and gals, as always, thanks for joining us here at the Survival Show podcast. It's good to uh, get to meet you on the podcast, Gabe. Yeah, you too, Craig. Looks like good things are happening for the survival show podcast. Keep in mind this, you all, it's very important. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate you subscribing to the YouTube channel where you're watching it and to the podcast where you're listening in. Anytime that you can offer a review, we greatly appreciate it, and we'd even appreciate it even more if it's a five star review. So throw that at us. And as always, we can't do this sort of thing without our sponsors. Check out my latest course on outdoorcore.com. David's got a course on outdoor.com. My course is called Vital Survival. Uh, check out some tiny survival guides. Those things are rocking. We need to keep Gabe busy packing and shipping. So buy a bunch, buy thousands of them. Keep that boy busy o- up there. So with that said, you can check out everything I'm doing at naturereliance.org and everything David is doing at survivaltips.com I think that's it. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time on the Survival Podcast. Keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp.